so that's kind of the process. And this might sound new and different, a little strange. Hopefully that makes sense. And we're going to try it in a little bit. All right. So um, one thing that's really good is he lists four obstacles um, to using vision that people run into. And I wanted to list these in his solutions form because I thought it was really good. And you might find one of these obstacles. Number one, we kind of hit on disdaining the visual and idolizing the rational. That can be an obstacle. Disdaining the visual and idolizing the rational. A lot of people were writing, so I thought I should repeat that. Yeah, that's a good one. Would you like me to list the four obstacles or obstacle solution? Obstacle solution. All right, Dan spoke up first, he wins. So how do we solve the problem of disdaining the visual and idolizing the rational? I already told you. I'll tell you again. Repent and honor God's use of the visual. Right? Repent and honor God's use of the visual. All right. Um, Number two, fear of entering into cultism. Thanks, Diane. She's got it up there for you, too. So, I mean, I kind of tend toward this. I'm a little bit of that left brain analytical skeptical mindset. And I'm like, hey, this is a little, this sounds a little out there. This sounds a little wacky for me. Hey, I go to that voice with myself. I'm like, hey, a little wacky. You know, I don't want to join a cult or Mark and Bill making Kool-Aid or something. <laughs> right? Coincidentally, we are. <laughs> after we are making Kool-Aid? At the end of the show. You didn't tell me that. that no, would have been hilarious. There's like a big... We're like, now we're going to have Kool-Aid communion. Hey. No. Okay, so we are not a cult. We are not doing anything wacky. We are submitting a part of our created being, which God created, to God to use, and then afterwards we will submit it to, you know, spiritual advisors. You know, don't act on something if it seems wacky. It needs to line up with the Bible. You should talk to people you trust about it, as with all of this, okay? Um, So I, I stole the thunder there a little bit, but the solution that he gives in the book is realize that God created your visual capacity. And he also talks about this idea that, you know, Satan and cults and these things, they take something that there's truth in and they twist it and pervert it, right? You know, so like if there's elements of this visual thing that you're like, oh, that's kind of like culty and weird and whatever. They've taken something that is real. God created us with an imagination and this ability, this visual capacity, and they've twisted it and used it for evil or something just wacky and weird, right? So we shouldn't throw out the baby with the bathwater is what he's saying. We shouldn't throw out our visual capacity just because people have perverted it and twisted it. We should use it appropriately, so fully submitted to God and, and um, in the right way. So moving on. Number three, cutting off the visual capacity to avoid the sin of lust. Apparently people do this. I, I hadn't thought of it, but... Um, You know, it's possible that somebody says, I struggle with, you know, visualizing something I shouldn't, so I'm going to shut off all vision. Again, it's a situation of throwing out baby with bathwater because your visual capacity is not the bad thing. It's what you're visualizing that's bad. So the solution is, again, you know, repent, obviously, and embrace vision and focus it on Jesus, right? Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. It's a really good verse in the Bible. You should read that book sometime. It's good. Comic relief. We'll try harder, like I said. All right, so number three, uh, that's number three. Number four, 
shutting down this. Yes, embrace vision, fix eyes on Jesus. To say it very choppy and left brainy. Fix eyes on Jesus. I am the hearing God's voice robot. Affirmative. (laughs) Um, Number four. So this is probably more common. And I bet if you're doing this, you don't want to admit it. And when I'm doing it, I don't want to admit it. So all that to say, number four is shutting down your visual capacity to avoid an unpleasant memory. Um, You know, a memory is a visual picture of something that really happened, right? So um, if you've had tragic or, you know, just big stuff that was bad happened to you, you don't want to remember it sometimes. And sometimes as a defense, you build up a wall around that and you'll shut down your imagination along with it because you want to avoid the memory. You know, it's the same situation. You're, you're shutting down something that could be this awesome channel for communication with God along with avoiding something that you don't want to experience. So what do you do? The solution, let God heal your painful memory and that place in your heart. Let God heal memory right so um i was going to read a section from the book that's an example of that but instead i'll just tell you my own example okay real quickly so here's what i believe about god and memories all right god is sovereign he's that means he's all powerful everywhere you know god is eternal right he's always is always was alpha omega beginning and end right he was there before the world was created he's going to be there you know, whenever, whatever the end, okay? God is outside of time, right? The past is like now to him. The future is like now to him. And now is like now to him. He's everywhere. In one instant, he can like, like if you were on an iPad and you were on like this video timeline, right? And here's an instant. He could like go like this with two fingers to spread it out and spend an eternity in that instant. Huh? Am I, am I blowing your mind or what? Yeah. Right. He can spend an eternity in that instant. You know, he can jump back and forth. He can do whatever he wants. He, he invented time. He's God. Right. So <laughs> um, this kind of ties into the whole inner healing category, which is a real uh, strength of our church, I think. And I'm involved in and crazy about um, if you have a painful memory. I believe that if you're willing to embrace your visual capacity Go to that memory with God and maybe with like a counselor to help you along the way. Um, you can interact with God in that memory and he wants to heal your heart, right? I mean, that's the point. The point isn't all of this craziness that I'm talking about. The point is God wants to heal your heart because where your heart's not healed, you're not fully connected to him, right? So it is possible to picture a painful memory and say, God, I want to go there with you. And rather than picturing Jesus by a well in Galilee, like I mentioned before, you picture you in the memory and you say, God, let's go from there. What do you want to say about that? How did you feel when that happened to me? You know, what do you say? What did you want to do for me? And let him answer. And it's incredibly, incredibly powerful. I've done it and I want to give you like a little example. Okay, so when I was young, I had a recurring nightmare that absolutely terrified me. Um, I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. And recently, actually, Mark was there helping me and another person, and they were kind of like being my counselor and helping me on something separate. And this thing just popped in my head. Hey, it's a moment of truth. And I was like, hey, you guys, I, this 
recurring nightmare just popped up in my head. It seems totally unrelated to what we're talking about. But that really bothered me. And so we were like, okay, let's do exactly what I described. I pictured myself, you know, I stole myself, you know, fixed my eyes on Jesus. But I, I pictured myself just waking up from the recurring nightmare. And there I am laying in bed. I'm a little kid and I'm scared. And, um, you know, I forget exactly what question I asked, but I just kind of started interacting. And the picture changed. That handoff happened for me. And all of a sudden I saw it as um, Jesus was laying there with me in the bed. And it was kind of like I was laying facing this way and he was like behind me. And I think that maybe symbolizes that like he was there, but I wasn't ready to like fully um, embrace him or like welcome him yet. So I think I maybe repented for that or said something like, God, I repent for believing the lie that, you know, um, you're not fully there for me, that you're there for me, but you're behind me or I can't see you or something like that. You know, just this idea that I wasn't fully engaged with him yet. And so after that, it changed again. My picture changed and I had turned around and we were facing each other. And it was like he was giving me a big hug in my bed and just comforting me. And it felt so good. It was really amazing. And, um, you know, and I kind of went a little further with it, went a little further with it. I forget kind of probably either repenting, for, you know, for something or or whatever was holding me back and it went a little further and the picture changed again and all of a sudden I wasn't even in it. I saw Jesus laying in the bed and the impression that I got uh, or what I heard God say, it was more like an impression for me was that, you know, like I had gone into him, like I had become one with Jesus and now I was inside of him and I didn't have to um deal with the pain and the fear and all of the stuff from that nightmare that I was safe in him and that he was dealing with it for me. And as you can probably tell, I'm almost tearing up. It was incredibly meaningful to me and powerful. And just the sense of love that I felt from the father, you know, that Jesus would take that on for me, that the father cared enough um, to interact with me in that way was just incredible. Um, Whew, yeah, so I encourage you to do that. It doesn't have to necessarily, you know, you don't have to dive into like memories and all of this stuff. But I'm just telling you that's out there and that's available. And I would recommend if you're going to do that sort of thing to, you know, see Cameron or Sarah Gerber, who's kind of over that stuff here at church and get somebody to help you with that sort of thing. But you can use pictures and God uses it and in amazing ways. OK, so let's try it. OK, what do you say? Yeah. yeah. Kathy says, yeah, everybody else is not sure. Affirmative. All right. Um, I think Diane has a picture In that we're going to put up here and I'm going to read you a little story. What I want you to do is get real comfortable. Close your eyes. I'm going to read you a little story that I kind of like wrote based on a, a moment in the Gospels where Jesus was he had just, I think, fed the five thousand and he, he sends them off and he sends the disciples off in a boat and he goes up to a, the mountain top to a solitary place to reconnect with God. And then I think right after that, he walks out on the water to him, if I remember right. So anyway, I'm going to read it to you like a little story to help stimulate vision. So close your eyes, get comfortable and still, kind of enter into the story. And then when I'm done, I'm just going to stop talking. <laughs> And you can either try to just go with the picture and let God, you know, show you something. Or you can ask him a question like, God, what do you want to say? 
you know, or you can say, God, how do you feel about me? And let him talk to you about your relationship. Um, Keep the question simple. Don't ask about your future right now. You can do that later. (laughs) Just practice the technique. All right. So here we go. It's been a long day. You, Jesus, and the guys withdrew to a solitary place, but the crowds caught wind of your destination. They arrived in droves, and Jesus had compassion on them, healing their sick and engaging with them. Finally, Jesus sent the disciples off in the boat, but you lingered as he dismissed the crowds. Afternoon now slips into evening. The lake calms. The sunlight pales a bit as you begin to walk with Jesus up the mountainside. He walks slowly, contemplatively, but with a smile that reveals his anticipation. You sense how he relishes his alone time with the Father, and you feel lucky to be going with him to share it with him. The constant din of the crowds you heard all day is gone. Now all you hear is the cool, refreshing breeze off the lake, the sounds of your footsteps and his, and crickets. The combination is calming, peaceful, hypnotic. Your mind and body ease into a quiet but attentive state. As you crest the mountain, Jesus turns to look at you. He has something to say.
we're just going to take a couple more seconds. Thanks, Jesus. Wow, that was really good. Good job, Bill Mentor. Wow. Good job. So how was that? How did people feel about that? Did anybody kind of kind of see Jesus or hear Jesus tell him something or did something else kind of happen in, in the vision that they want to share? Yes, I do, Tori. Thank you. 
could, we could stop there, but we have one more key. So good. <laughs> so I just, I feel that a lot of times in, in, my, in my quiet times, in my prayer times, I have this kind of idea that, you know what, oh, I need to, because I use the Acts model of prayer. I do adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And I'm like, oh, I want to get all these. I, I have... Uh, you know, this is this is how it goes. I've got this formula. And a lot of times I'm like, man, I don't really have time just to kind of wait on God and see what he wants to do. But, man, I just I just feel like if, if you're kind of in that same place and you're like, oh, wait, I need to spend X amount of time, you know, praising God and telling him how great he is, that, you know, I think it's just okay just to not feel like you have to go through this agenda or stuff, but just to relax and just he wants to speak to you. You know, um, the, the Bible says... Um, in Ecclesiastes, I've got it written down somewhere, that, you know, we want, we want to let God do most of the talking. When we, we come to God, we just want to be still, and we're just going to let him talk to us. And it's okay, you know, not to, if we don't get all the way through our prayer list or we don't spend the appropriate percentage of time worshiping or whatever it is. But just, you know, I mean, this is what God wants to do. He wants to bring freedom into our lives. You know, and he uses this technique. I mean, I've seen it, you know, in, in counseling rooms and in my own life and in my own prayer times. You know, this is where God just meets us and heals our hearts. You know, and, you know, it's good to say, oh, you know, to pray, you know, God, you know, help me to be a better husband and, you know, bless the church and go through your prayer list. But, man, it's good just to stop and let God just encounter you. And so I just encourage you to just to make time to make that happen. So. That's really good. Wow, that was great, Bill. Thanks. Good story. You wrote that, huh? Anyway, so the last key, which we're going to go through relatively quickly here, is uh, two-way journaling. And basically, two-way journaling is just uh, you know recording your prayers and recording God's answers. And when I started, um, let's see, I started praying every day last whatever that holiday is in September. And, and so I get a, get a journal and I write an A for adoration. And I, I just, I literally write out my prayers because, and it just helps me. It gives my mind something to do because a lot of times if I would sit down and pray, you know, like I was talking about, my mind just kind of wanders. So by journaling, so writing things down, it actually kind of engages your mind and gives your brain something to do while, while, while you're praying. Right? And so, the journaling, you're just praying and then recording God's answers. And what this helps to do is really to learn to identify Jesus' voice inside you. Um, because, you know, you can just, you know, I'll ask Jesus a question like, you know, Jesus, what, what do you want to say to me today? And then I can just, you know, still myself, tune to flow, and just start writing. And I don't have to, like, try to go, I want to remember that or... You know, analyze it. I don't have to do anything. All I have to do is just write whatever God's putting on my heart. And because we we don't want to we we don't want to take time during you know while we're kind of tuned to flow to kind of analyze that. Because once you start analyzing it, that has a tendency to it just kind of shuts off the flow, and then you just kind of stop hearing God's voice. You're just kind of writing your own thoughts. So just allow it to go, and don't worry if it's heresy or, you know, not true, because you can go back and go, oh, it says here that 
Jesus doesn't like me. All right, that doesn't line up with the Bible. I'm going to cross that out. Because everything, we take everything that we, we, we write and then we, uh, what's it called? We test it against, against what the, the Word of God says. Because what we're, we're not trying to write our own Bible. We're not trying to, you know, rewrite Scripture. You know, we're just trying to tune into the voice. So the Bible, is I mean this is what we test everything on, and so you know we maybe we've not touched on that very much today, but that that is the the basis of everything is we test everything against the Bible. We don't you know, and so it's but it's okay just to write stuff down, even though if you don't you know I write stuff down that I'm like I don't, that doesn't make any sense or that seems a little sketchy to me. But I just write it down because I'm learning and we're growing. And it's okay to make mistakes because we can look, at, look it up in the Bible and see if it, it passes that test. And then we can, you know, I'll share something with my spiritual advisors. I'll take it to Bill and be like, hey, Bill, this is what I heard. It seems kind of crazy. And he'll either be like, yeah, you're right, that is crazy. Or, oh, no, that, that's good. And I feel like that, you know, that makes sense. Because hopefully your spiritual advisor, this is not really on journaling, but your spiritual advisor isn't just going to like, read it and then go, yeah, it seems okay. But the idea is to kind of give it to them and let them kind of prayerfully kind of meditate on it. So if you're somebody's spiritual advisor, just take some time, you know, and just kind of when you're reading other people's journaling, just kind of take time to kind of pray about it and go, oh, you know, God, what does this make sense? And kind of just kind of follow your heart in that. So it's really good taking your journaling because if you have it written down, I'm off my notes, can you tell? If you have it written down, it's easy to just kind of take it to somebody and to show them. So it's really good. It's really important. So God is speaking, journaling, recording without analyzing and critiquing. Um, and so, as, so, so we write all this stuff down. We show it to our spiritual advisors. And what we do is we learn that we can trust what God is saying. Because I think you're going to find out that a, a vast majority of your journalings, I is going to be um, is going to be from God, you know, and you're going to you're going to just you're going to grow in that um, just ability, that confidence to know when God is speaking. And, you know, the the more you do it, you know, the more comfortable you're going to be uh, discerning God's voice. And what I think you're going to find is when you're starting out, God is going to be it's going to be for me. And I, I think this he talks about this in the book. It, is going to be a lot of like, yo, hey, Mark, I really love you, and you're great, and it's going to be encouragement, and it's going to be exhortation, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be building, and then as you get comfortable with that, as you, you know, you're comfortable hearing God's voice, discerning, oh, that's the Holy Spirit, this is me, this is the enemy, you're going to be able to pick it up more and more spontaneously just in your life, you know, you're at work, and you can tell, oh, wait, that's, I can tell that that's the Holy Spirit speaking to me, or you're, you know, if you're on the prophetic team, you can, you can go, oh, I, I can tell that this is the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus is speaking this word to me that he wants me to give this person. So just the more you do it, the better it gets, and the, just the more clearly you're going to be able to, to, to tune in, to discern that Holy Spirit. And so you're going to grow in, you know, just the, the prophetic uh, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, all that stuff. As, but don't expect just to kind of jump into that. If you, you know, if you've never, you know, done that, just let God encourage you and tell you how much he loves you because that's where he wants to start and it'll grow up into these kind of bigger, um, different things. So, um, do, 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 journaling keeps your mind occupied. I am doing my best to 
and this at the appropriate time. So I'm going to go through. Yes, please do. Yeah, that's really good. There's, <clears throat> I had a whole section I had to skip about testing these things, and that is a really good example. Um, I mean, we've said anything that you hear to submit to the Bible. What Jen's story illustrated is that the fruit of what you hear is a really good uh, determining factor for where it comes from, you know. So we've been giving you bits and pieces about how to test things as we go through. Like Mark said, there there's really three sources that you can hear things from yourself, God, and the enemy. Um, and all three are are real, you know. Um, there's biblical verses and everything we don't have time for to talk about that. But um, you can look at the fruit. You can put it against the Bible. If, the, if it brings discouragement, like Jen said, that's not from God. God doesn't discourage. He's not a discourager. You know, that's not one of the characteristics that the Bible uses to describe God. So you can tell, you know, you can um, you can also look at what was I focused on when I heard that? You know, if your eyes were focused on Jesus, then you were that was right. But if you were really focused on the problem instead of Jesus, you know, you might have gotten in the way a little bit. Your strong desire to see a solution to the problem. For example, he talks about this in the book. Um, if you praying for somebody to be healed, you know, and you just want it so bad for good reason, you know, somebody you love or, you know, just you want to see them made whole and that would be awesome, you know, or just that would be really cool. I've thought that before. Probably not the most deep spiritual thing to think, but God, it'd be so cool if you did that, you know. And all of a sudden it's like I'm not focused on Jesus, which is really the right posture. So your posture can also be uh, something later when you come back, not in the moment of truth, but later, what was it, you know, was I caught up in just wanting that thing really bad? Um, what was the fruit of it? Does that line up with the Bible? Give it to people you trust, advisors. Um, is there anything else? No, I think that's good. It's good to get that in there. So. Yeah, and I think that Jen was able to kind of discern that herself, but that would have been something great if she's, you know, she's praying and she's like, oh, it doesn't, you know, it, God said that, you know, be ready for that not to happen. And then she could share her journaling with, with Anthony and she's like, oh, you know, this is what God said. He could go, you know what, actually that doesn't, you know, that doesn't sound like what God would say. And so I think I just encourage you, especially if you're journaling something and you just go, and maybe you can't really put your finger on it, but it just makes you go, 
man, I don't know. Just, you know, bring it to your, your spouse or to, you know, leadership at the church, people that you trust. Um, and it's, uh, it's good. Anyway. Oh. Oh. I know what I was going to say. So this whole process, God is um, engaging with us, right? Like, it's not like um, this weird mystical spiritual thing and like, He's putting, you know, I mean, I guess he's putting something in you, but it's not like external to you. God is like connecting to you. It's your spirit to his spirit to spirit communication. So you're very involved in this process. It's very possible and even, you know, easy at times to your own wants and desires and thoughts and things are getting in it. You know, you can be distracted that way. You can kind of. You know, the message can be a little filtered through your own stuff, but that doesn't mean don't do it. That means get good at stilling, you know, being still, you know, so they got, get good at focusing on Jesus, get good at going to the Bible and looking at it later. You know, have people that you regularly, you know, another suggestion in the book is to, if you're really fast typer and you know how to turn off your instant messenger and email and all the other stuff that's on a computer, you can sit to listen to God and type it. And then as soon as you're done, send the email to, you know, to, you know, a spiritual advisor or two or three, and they can prayerfully consider it in their time, and which is much easier than maybe writing and making three copies and mailing it and all of this, you know. So you get some triplicate or some of that carbon paper. That's right. There we go. Carbon copy paper. It's perfect. Terrific. It's perfect. So, all right. So I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to fly through just 16... <laughs> <laughs> suggestions these are real quick i'm going to skip some because bill stole some of them so find a time when you're in number one find a time these are just suggestions for journaling how to be effective journaler find a time when you're in prime condition um you know for me like i said it's in the morning sometime when you know you can get away from from the kids find time with it's quiet um number two um a, you know, I'll just write it down. Get a notebook. I've got a notebook right here. I've got I've got piles of these at home um, that, you know, that you can just write stuff in. So you always have, you know, you can use just loose paper, but, you know, who knows where it goes. And now when you get to the end of your journal, you can go back and reread it and see, you know, what's been what's God been speaking to me, you know, through, you know, this journal. And then you can start on a new one. Um, don't worry about spelling and grammar. It doesn't matter. Um, he said, "There's a keep your journal secluded or use code words when writing about sensitive subjects." I don't use code words. I just assume nobody's going to read my journal, so stay away from this. There's stuff about all of you in here. <laughs> um, date your entries so when you go back and you can see when uh, when God spoke certain things, and that can be encouraging. Um, and so, and then the number six. Just include everything that God speaks to you. You know, if you get, uh, if you wake up um, from a, you remember a dream that you had, you can write that in there. Or if He speaks something during worship at church or wherever it is, you know, it doesn't have to be only in your little uh, quiet time. But just, you know, I anytime I go to church or some churchy kind of meeting, I bring my book and I just write whatever God's saying down. Um, I covered number seven, talking about kind of growing. You're starting out, God just kind of speaks encouragement and affirmation, and then it kind of grows up into, you know, kind of the uh, the bigger spiritual gifts or what have you, prophetic words and words of knowledge, etc. 
Um, number eight is to have a good knowledge of the Bible so that God can draw on that information as you journal. Okay? And I just think this is incredibly important. I actually just finished, and I've been a Christian for like 17 years or something, and I literally just finished reading through the Bible the whole way through. And I, yay me! <laughs> and it's, it's just incredibly good you know, to, be, to have that word in you. And I, it would, I encourage people that they're like, oh, I read and I don't feel like I get anything out of it. And I'm just like, it doesn't matter. Just keep reading. Just get something, don't get something. It doesn't matter. Just try to read every day. Just make it happen. You eat every day. So read the Bible every day. Do it. Just do it. Um, because everything is tested against the Word of God, and so the better we know the Word of God, the more we can easily recognize God's voice. Um, something that I just started doing in my new journal is, this is number nine, is using the first few pages to write out my prayer list. So the things that I pray about every day, I, I, that's in the first couple pages, and I just go to that and just pray through it. But I try not to just like pray through. Sometimes you're busy and you just have to kind of get through it. But allow God, you know, if you're praying for, like I've been praying for the youth group and the children's ministry, allow God to just to kind of speak to you. Don't just go, God bless that, bless that stuff. But go, hey God, you know, would you, I just wanted to see you move in in the children's ministry. And then just give him time, give him space, okay? Because he wants to, he has stuff to say about your prayer list. Do, 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 do. Um, oh, write the question, number 10, write the question you have for God in your journal. You don't, don't just think it, because if you write it, so I write the question, and then I leave a space, and then I write God's response, and then if, is that a hand? I was going to mention that. That's so good. Yeah, I just read that in a different book. Yeah. What color do you use for Jesus? Of course. That's good. That's good. I just wonder. This seems obvious now. So, yeah, so write your question in black or blue, and then write Jesus' response in red. And then something, something more? No, not really. That's good. It's good enough. Uh, skip a line. That's number 12, really. Number 13. Reread what you wrote the previous day. This is, this is big. A lot of times we will, um, you know, God will give us something, and then the next day we're looking for something fresh, right? But if we go, we can go back the day before and go, man, I actually never put, I actually never did what he told me to do yesterday. And so, or it can remind us of some encouraging thing that he said yesterday if we're kind of down or whatever. But just read, you know, as kind of a primer as you start. It's really good. Because it's, it's not hilarious, but sad how often I like hear something from God and then go to work and never think about it again. Awkward. Um, review. When your notebook is full, review it. That's number 14. Um, don't ask Jesus for specific dates or times. I think he goes more into that in the book, but just, just don't. And then number 16 is consistently share your journalings with two or three spiritual advisors. This sounds like a great, easy idea, but it's, it can be a little bit difficult. It, you have to kind of force yourself to do that. But it's really good, and it'll, it'll cause your, your discernment of God's voice to grow quicker. So, Tori. 
Yeah, that's a great idea. Write, your, write good verses on the back of your journal. I just recommend taking your journal with you everywhere you go, just being ready for God to speak at any moment. All right, so that's my 16 things. And I just recommend, if you want to go deeper, this book by Mark Verkler is really good. It has tons of um, good information. He go, obviously goes deeper than we did in two and a half hours. And at the end of each chapter, he's got these, like, what would you call them, like examples of like people's journalings. And you know, it's just really encouraging, really good, and you can get it on Amazon. Dot com. So it is officially a few minutes after 12, Bill. Yes, it is. I just want to know if we should do the activation or if we should just, I don't know. We should just call it. I don't know. Maybe that's a good idea. Yeah, let's just do it. So we decided. We asked God quickly. (laughs) So let you do the activation of practicing two-way journaling at home (laughs) as homework. Hopefully, hopefully you found this helpful. Um, Hopefully you have some knowledge and tools you can use in your own life. Like I said at the beginning, the goal is to connect you better to God, and hopefully that you can do some of this stuff and be better connected. So, how about? And if you have any questions or concerns or there's something that Bill or I said that you're like, that is crazy, just you can grab us, talk to us. We'll answer anything. If you have more questions, we're available. That, that is good. And then let's close in a word of prayer. What do you say to that? All right. Affirmative. God, thank you so much for this time, Lord. And thank you that you want to speak to us, God, that you want to show us pictures and you want to speak to us. Um, because you want to have a living, active, two-way relationship with us, God. And that's an amazing thing. That's what makes this Christianity thing awesome, God, is you, that you're alive and active in it, that we can be um, in tune and in communication and connection with you, God. And so we just thank you so much for that. I pray that everything that we learned today, Lord, and the experiences, that you would just... um, Plant them deep in our hearts, God, and use them as we go forward. I pray you'd grow this church and each individual here spiritually and closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.